Welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the IDP Army Podcast Network. We are here with a Senior Bowl preview. We're already here. It's hard to believe because the draft process, you know, feels like, you know, we're just getting started here. But, you know, Senior Bowl is kind of the, the beginning of the draft, like the the Senior Bowl, you know, touts itself on being, you know, the draft starts in Mobile, Alabama. So technically that'll be the end or the beginning of the Senior Bowl. So today we're going to preview some players. We're going to talk some storylines. We're going to talk some notable omissions from the official uh, roster. They have not dropped the official roster for the full teams yet. So we're going to kind of speculate on who might not be there in Mobile, but we're going to talk through it. But, you know, first, let's tailgate. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the show. We are glad to have you here. This is draft season, folks. It's it's the one that we're looking forward to all year round. This is the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast. I am super happy to have you here. Um, first, let's just talk about, you know, they, they're starting to drop the official rosters for each position that are going to attend the Senior Bowl. So they send out the invites, and then they say those are accepted invites, but they actually aren't accepted invites they're just we receive them and we accept that we we have received them that doesn't mean they're actually going to be there so we're just going to start right off the top with who we have noticed is not on the official rosters for the american or the national uh teams so the first one that i just want to talk about right away and if you're an idp fan you were probably just as excited to see this player perform at the Senior Bowl as I was, but that's Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Uh, you know, he's been mocked in the top five for. I mean, we did an offensive points mock draft. If you want to check that out, go on YouTube or the offensive points uh, page. We did a full mock draft for the first round, but we had Tyree Wilson go number five to the Seahawks. Mel, Mel Kiper came out with one today, and he had uh, him going number six to the Lions. But he's notably missing from the Senior Bowl roster that they put out because they did put out the edge rushers that are going to attend, and his name was glaringly not on it, and that is very frustrating um, for those of us that were kind of excited to see him because if you watch his tape, he is bonkers. I mean, he's really, really good. Um, he did have a foot issue that kept him out of his last game at Texas Tech for the bowl game, that is. Didn't really know that was going to mean that he was going to be out for this entirely. I mean, we have seen players, you know, not attend the senior bowl in the past that even were put on the regular rosters last year. For example, James Cook from Buffalo Bills was supposed to be there. And at the last second, he uh, bailed on it, basically. So, I mean, I do think it will not Tyree Wilson, but other players that decide to not come to the senior bowl, it does hurt your draft stock like this is where you build your draft stock last year for example we had christian watson who many of us were like not quite sure what christian watson was going to be he was coming from north dakota state not a lot of people you know were knew who he was even um but then you know he comes out there and proves himself and ends up going to the second round and everybody knows christian watson now i mean he's one of the hottest 
rookie wide receivers that we had in the draft last year. So, I mean, that, that level of excitement is, you know, palpable with certain wide receivers in this draft that we'll get to here in a second. But just to close the loop on that, also Zach Harrison from Iowa State was not noticeably missing from the roster, and Siaki Ika from uh, Baylor was also missing from the official list that they put out. Look, I mean, those two, for example, this opportunity would have helped them quite a bit. I don't really understand why they're not on the official roster. That's very confusing to me. But uh, Tyree Wilson, it was kind of a shock that a player like that was even going to be at this at the Senior Bowl. Not that he didn't deserve to be. I mean, for example, in the past, Josh Allen was at the Senior Bowl. Baker Mayfield was at the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, top 10 picks have been here in the past, especially quarterbacks. So it's not as if they can't go. And I would say, honestly, the Senior Bowl helped teams get to know Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and ended up leading them into the positions they got drafted into. So, you know, I don't want to say anything, but, you know, missing the Senior Bowl or not going because of this, that, and the other, it probably hurts you more than helps you. The Combine is helpful, but with so many players at the Combine, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. These are much better ways of talking to teams and being a part of the overall experience of the draft um, because this is your this is the most people's first impression of you like before they get to the combine and they see your name among 18 to 19 to 20 other players at your position this is the first chance where they could see you among a position group of six because each like the national team has like six wide receivers so you are literally going to be focused among those six that's that's a very helpful thing for you know a player that maybe wasn't even going to get drafted in the first round maybe they could work their way up so it's disappointing to not see their uh names listed among the official roster but you know here we go we'll see what happens so uh another rumor now this is not official because they have not released the quarterback group but will levis is said to not be attending either which is wildly disappointing to be honest because as many people that want to mock Will Levis into the top five, top ten, I mean, like I said, Mill Kuyper had him as number five. When we did our mock draft, he was at number seven. I still think he has a lot to prove. I mean, I, I think we're still projecting quite a bit for him going into this draft process. I, I, I you, walk, you turn on the tape and you're going to be not as happy with it. You know, if you watch the 2021 tape, you're going to be like, okay, I see where we were headed here. And then 2022, you're just going to be like, I don't know what we're looking at. This is very confusing to me. <clears throat> so Will Levis not being there is like, ah, buddy, this is your chance. Like this is your time to shine. Like if he wants to have the Josh Allen rise that he, you know, he touts his game as Josh Allen or what uh, Carson Wentz, this would be the opportunity for him to prove that he is not, you know, he is one of those players that he can get drafted that high and then he deserves it. So, uh, you know, when he gets to the combine and he shows himself next to, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, you know, some of these other guys, I I think he's behind the eight ball. I think he's going to get – somebody's going to talk themselves into it because of the size of him and because you can talk yourself into some of his throws not, you know, being accurate that the wide receiver couldn't get to. He did lose Wandale Robinson last season. That was one of his huge weapons at Kentucky. So – 
there is a little bit of unfamiliarity with the wide receiver core from the 2022 season, but I'm one of those big proponents of like, do you make your team better or does your team make you better? And if your team makes you better, are you a top 10 wide receiver quarterback? Bryce Young still had a great season this year. He had an all new cast around him, all new running back, all new wide receivers, everything. CJ Stroud, he loses Garrett Wilson, loses Chris Olave, and loses Jackson Smith and Jigba for, you know, he was effectively unavailable for the entire season. And CJ Stroud had an amazing, incredible season still. Like those two guys had to change out their entire casts and still were able to put up good numbers to show that they were worthy of being in the top five, top 10. The Kentucky wide receivers, meh. Chris Rodriguez, the running back, came back midway through. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't there for the whole season, but Chris Rodriguez had a decent season too. I don't know, guys. I, I just, this Will Levis thing is going to send everyone in the draft process, I think. And I can't wait to make fun of whatever team trades up to draft him in the top 10 because I just think it's a huge mistake. Um, if, if you can't make your team better, I don't, I don't know. This is just – it's one of those things. Like, there are certain examples of team or players that have, you know, been on bad teams and still ended up being great quarterbacks, like Patrick Mahomes, for example. That was a coaching issue, but that is a, a reasonable way of looking at it. But most players, if your team stinks and you are not putting up good numbers, you're probably not going to translate well to the NFL. It's just the way of the road. I understand. So, that stinks – but let's get on to some of the things we're happy about. I just spent nine minutes talking about three players that aren't going to be there, four players that aren't going to be there, probably. And So let's get on to some of the things that we are excited about. And let's just start with the headlining class of this entire thing, and that's the edge rushing class. I don't even care that Tyree Wilson's not going to be there. It's it's It would be the icing on the proverbial cake if he was there, but if he's not there, that's perfectly fine because we have some – absolute monsters on this roster right now. So let's just start at the top. Keon White from Georgia Tech. Um, Mel Kuyper, I saw, had him go into his, uh, I believe, top 10. I think he had him go into the Eagles, which is just, a, I mean, an incredible rise. When we did our mock draft, we did not have him up there. It is a little bit speculatory to put him up there. I do think by the end of the draft process, he could be that guy. Um, he's a fifth-year senior. Played three years at Old Dominion, technically three, but he transferred in 2021 to Georgia Tech. Uh, this year he had 54 total tackles, seven and a half sacks, 14, and a half, 14 tackles for loss. He was a very disruptive player, and I definitely see where Mel Kuyper's coming from, putting him up there. It's just very exciting to see uh, you know him being able to come play at the Senior Bowl. We also have Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. I've been talking about him all season. I've been excited for him all season. I wouldn't say that he had necessarily a spectacular year at Notre Dame. It wasn't one of those dominant performances that we were kind of hoping for, but that was kind of the, like the way that it went for this class in general. Like a lot of these guys, we ha- we projected a lot going in. And then by the time they actually got there, it wasn't as exciting as it, it, it could have been, which is sad, but it is what it is. Um, Next on the list, Andre Carter from Army, another guy that you know we were really excited going into this draft. I had him as the number two edge rusher in this class. Um, they have him listed as a linebacker. I, 
could see him playing linebacker. I don't think that's where he should naturally fit, but at the same time, you know, we'll see what he does when he's at the combine. I think edge rusher, uh, 6'7 monster. Uh, last year, he had the second most sacks in the nation behind Will Anderson. This year was a little bit less. I would say that he was being heavily focused for most of the, the most games that he was attend, like playing in. So it kind of made sense uh, why he wasn't exactly the most helpful um, in that capacity. But at the same time, you just look at him. You've seen what he's done. It's hard not to, to say that he's going to be um, very good at the next level. Uh, Mo Kuyper didn't have him in his first round mock. I have him going to the Chiefs because I can't imagine what that team's going to look like if they have Will Anderson on one side. Or not Will Anderson, but they have uh, Andre Carter on one side and then they have their other guys on you know the other. So I'll move on quickly to wide receiver. Wide receiver is led by Rasheed Rice in this class from uh, SMU. 96 receptions, 1,355 yards, 10 touchdowns. He is a first-round wide receiver. Um, I think we're going to see that by the end of the draft process. He's just got to, you know, get himself up into that that mindset, that level, and um, he will eventually get there. Another person on the list is Nathaniel Dell from Houston. He uh, was a part of the – University that was on Last Chance U in 2019, which is, you know, if you watch that show, he wasn't one of the featured players, but he was, his team was the one that was on that show. Um, he led the nation in receiving this year. He had 109 re- receptions, 1,398 yards, 17 touchdowns. Absolute freak of nature. Probably could have won the Blitnikoff Award, but Jalen Hyatt had just a little bit better of a season. And he proved everything he needed to prove when he was there. So just having him a part of the draft coverage in Mobile will be quite exciting, honestly, because I just think this receiver class that we have coming is going to be special. I mean, there's other guys like Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss, who's kind of was kind of hit or miss this year. His big games were really big. His not-so-big games weren't very big, um, you know, one of those guys I'm definitely looking out for in this process. Another couple are Puka Nakua from BYU. Um, he was Jaron Hall's favorite weapon at wide receiver. So, uh, you know, getting to see him. He had a little bit of injury concerns during the year. Can't wait to talk with him potentially about, you know, how he feels, what he's, you know, what what he's looking to do and prove at this at this place because I are at the at the at the Senior Bowl because I think that that. He could be one of those big risers in this class. Uh, and Trey Palmer from Nebraska. I've seen a lot of people really falling in love with Trey Palmer this year. I personally was never that impressed with Trey Palmer. I will admit that his highlights do look spectacular. So, you know, that part's exciting. Um, and, and Trey Palmer will be fine in this class. Um, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about are two more, two more. I want to talk about one's TCU's Darius Davis. Um, Quentin Johnston got a lot of the shine this year because of what he looked like, his big plays, all of that. But Darius Davis was kind of like one of the backbone players of this TCU team. He was the returner for most of the year, punt returns and kick returns, and was the one of the most dangerous in the nation at that. Always put them in good field position, it felt like. 
And just overall, he was a really good number two wide receiver. I cannot wait to see him be apart from Quentin Johnston so that he can kind of show what he is himself. I still see him as a second or third round talent. Um, this TCU team, I know that they got spanked in the national title. They're, they were still a special team. I, I don't want to take that away from them. And he was a major piece in that. Even when Quentin Johnston was having his down games, Darius Davis was still there and was very flexible in how he was using that offense. Um, last one I want to talk about is Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. Iowa State has not had the best track record when it's come to putting wide receivers in the league. Um, it seemed to be these guys that we fall in love with, and then they end up not being quite, quite what we're looking at, you know, quite what we're looking for. Um, I would say Alan Lazard's probably the, been the best one of the bunch, but even Alan Lazard, I was kind of hoping for more out of Alan Lazard. And he has was technically Aaron Rodgers' number one this year. Wasn't exactly something to write home about, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, all right, I'll kind of bounce around for these last couple because, you know, they're not as exciting, but they're still kind of are exciting. One is the tight end class this year. It's not near what it was last year, and that states. But last year's class was just a phenomenal bunch. Um, this year, I would say Luke Musgrave from Oregon State's probably the headliner of the tight end class. Um, he is kind of the one that we've been watching for. You know, I have him as tight end five, I think, in this class right now. And, you know, he's the one I've been looking out for the most. Uh, Cameron Latu from Alabama has been one I've been looking for. He's been more of an end zone threat, but he's pretty decent blocking as well. So I think he could go pretty high. Uh, the one I'm most fascinated with, I think, from this class is Braden Willis. He doesn't really have he doesn't really have the size to be an NFL tight end. So I'm kind of wondering if teams are going to like look at him maybe for a, as if a, a different position. Maybe um, I don't know. But he was a little bit of everything for Oklahoma this year. He was the glue guy, if you will. He was – he's a phenomenal blocker. He can catch really well out of the backfield. He can even throw really well. He played a lot of quarterback during the Texas game when they were missing Dylan Gabriel. So that – he wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I, I'm not going to try to fool you, but he wasn't bad. And just seeing that kind of a guy, I think there's a lot of teams that could use him going into this and um we'll see we'll see he feels like one of those guys that's going to try to trans or transition into like fullback or something um it's a completely different position and he's not really a runner but at the same time with somebody at his size i don't know how you justify him being a tight end um he seems like more of a gadget guy kind of like Taysom hill a little bit but again Taysom hill was a runner so in a start as a quarterback. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. He's, he might be one of those kind of guys though, going into this draft process. Um, I also wanted to quickly talk about Hendon hooker will be there. Um, quarterback from Tennessee. There is no way that he's going to play during the game. I know a lot of people were like, how's he going to play? How's he going to, he tore his ACL. He's not going to play. I mean, he's not going to be there in any physical capacity. He's just going to be there to answer questions, talk with the, GMs or scouts or whoever's there from the other teams. He's just there to like be a part of the experience. 
And I can't blame him because I, I think a lot of people kind of forgot what he was at the beginning of the season, which was the best quarterback in football, by the way. I mean, far and away, Hendon Hooker was the best player in football when we were about week seven, you know, right before his injury, honestly. Um, I just, you know, I still think Hendon Hooker is like really good quarterback, could go high in this class, we're talking maybe second round. I still think he's going to go there. I know that he is kind of old, 25, which is not that old, by the way, guys. It still isn't. I know that it's, you know, in dynasty terms, I can see, like, maybe you talking yourself out of him because of that. But as far as, like, an actual NFL team, <clears throat> I don't think I would be that concerned with Hendon Hooker. His arm is amazing. His legs, barring re-injury, are still in an amazing place. So it's not really one of those things that, I think it's that big of a concern, but I do think going into the class, we'll see what Hendon Hooker is, but I can't, I hope that he is available to be interviewed while we're down there because he is one of my favorites quarterbacks from this class. I, the way that he was able to elevate the Tennessee football program this season was just special. I mean, it, it really was, and he's not turnover prone. He only threw three interceptions in, over 30 touchdowns before and this is before he got hurt. I just see him as one of those guys that a court a, a, any team that takes him and is okay with waiting a little bit till he's completely healed from the ACL is going to be sitting on a diamond and I think he could have a Jalen Hurts type rise um honestly and I know that some people are going to be like Jalen Hurts there's no way you know he can't run like that. I get it. Jalen Hurts has never towards ACL, so I, I get the thought process of he's not the exact one-to-one comp, but I think that he could have that type of rise where he goes in the second round or third round potentially and ends up being a substantial starter in the league down the road because his ability to make his team around him better is a factor that Will Levis doesn't have. He doesn't have it, and he's going to go in the top ten. Zach Wilson doesn't have that either. It's just something that you have to have around you. you. You have to have it in you, and he just does. He made Jalen Hyatt, who nobody had. You know, I've said this multiple times already, so I don't want to beat the you know beat a dead horse here. But he was just flat out special at making Jalen Hyatt the Bolitnikoff winner. I mean, the best wide receiver in the nation went to a Tennessee wide receiver, and as much as Jalen Hyatt was partly his you know, what he did against Alabama, what he did the entire rest of the season. He was just special. But I just, you know, what you see from Hendon Hooker in those games, his abilities, he was just special. And I'm just happy that he's going to get to be able to prove himself at the next level because he deserves it. All right, two more positions to get to real quick. We're just going to talk DB very quickly because there's one player I really want to talk about from it, and that is Christopher Smith from Georgia. Look, um, if you watch the two play or two games, uh, playoff games that Christopher Smith was in, it's hard to keep him away from, you know, the front of your face because the the thing about Christopher Smith is that he is everywhere when it comes to the ball. He's exactly what you want into a safety. I know that he's probably not going to go in the first round. I would love to shoehorn him up into it, which a lot of draft analysts are not doing that, which. Okay, fine. But I just – I think there's something that goes with 
Christopher Smith that is it's an intangible thing about being a safety. I think he just plays the position really well. <clears throat> and I think that uh, he will, you know, be one of those guys that's a big riser in this class for sure. Um, I don't think there's any any uh, question about that. Um, all right. Last thing is the running backs for the Senior Bowl. Um, it's not my favorite class when it comes to running backs. I, I have liked some of the classes in the past a little bit more. Um, I'm honestly more shocked that, you know, they didn't weren't able to get like Mohamed Ibrahim from Minnesota. That was kind of the one I was the most excited to watch at the Senior Bowl, but alas, it's okay. We can get through it. Um, the first one was Chris Rodriguez that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky, he was out the first part of the season, I believe because of a suspension. Don't think it was because of injury. And <clears throat> look, he had an okay season. I think the Kentucky season as a whole didn't go exactly how anybody from Kentucky wanted it to go. And that's fine, you know. Like, that's that's okay. It's not exactly how it's going to go every year. But Chris Rodriguez in 2021, special, very good, a guy that you can trust. So I think he has a big, you know, a big day, a big week at the Senior Bowl, so I can't wait to see him in here. Um, also, we got Chase Brown that's going to be there from Illinois. He was a touchdown monster this year. I think he's going to be one of those guys as well that kind of boosts his stock at the Senior Bowl. Um, very excited to see him as well um but just to put a bow on it this is a very exciting senior bowl class i cannot wait to be there i i am gonna prevent myself from talking about some of these other positions until they're officially put out um i will be talking about them on future dynasty tailgate podcast um we're pro- probably just doing the recap show to be honest because it's probably going to come out this weekend and then i leave for the senior bowl on sunday night so We'll see exactly what happens there. But exciting senior bowl class, wide receiver and edge rusher are kind of the two huge ones that from this class that I would really like to put a spotlight on because of exactly who is going to be there and who is for sure represented in these classes. Um, some of these quarterbacks can also raise their, you know, raise their uh level quite a bit. Jaron Hall, for example, can have a big day. Max Duggan kind of a wild card at this point. I don't really think, you know, he kind of has a Desmond Ritter factor to him. So I I can't, you know, kind of interested to see exactly what he looks like there. And then, you know, we got other players like Tyler Badgett. Don't know anything about Tyler Badgett. I've seen his numbers. They're incredibly insane to look at. Honestly, they're not exactly, uh, you know, they're kind of video game type numbers. So interested to see exactly what he looks like in person. Um, But we will see that. Anyway, stay tuned on this podcast feed because there will be more coming up here. We've got to get through all these these primers before, you know, the rookie mock drafts start dropping, um, which we will be doing one either on this show or on the OP show, probably on the OP show, so I can have Joe and Josh involved in that. Um, <clears throat> but just stay tuned. We're going to be talking fantasy all the week, but me and Joe, or me and Joe, me and Jordan will be at the Senior Bowl all next week. Stay tuned on the TikTok at the IDP Army, YouTube at the IDP Army. We're going to be doing some lives there, kind of getting you 
like you know having you basically at the senior bowl with us because that's how exciting this is and literally you're going to see players that you're going to be putting on your fantasy team players that are playing on sunday they're all going to be there and you know you're going to be like oh wow i saw that player when they weren't even drafted yet and that's kind of the experience so very excited if you're in mobile alabama come say hi we will be all around downtown dm me or jordan we will you know hang out with you talk to you whatever but for now thank you for tuning in have a nice day